2: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to a Thursday edition of Locked On Heat. On today's show, David tells you why he has a bone to pick with the NBA's annual GM survey. Then we'll be joined by the Ringers' Paolo Ughetti to talk about the best-case and worst-case scenarios
3: for the Heat this season. Thank you so much for listening and for subscribing. Now let's get to the show.
4: You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where we break down every news item, rumor, game, and more. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm a credentialed writer covering the Heat and the NBA for Fansided. You can find me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. And I'm David Romillo,
3: a credentialed NBA writer who's covered the Heat and league at large for SB Nation and Fansided. You can follow me and my writing on Twitter at DRamillo13.
2: We'll be joined by the Ringers, Paolo Ugedi, later to talk about his best case and worst case scenario for the Heat this season. But I want to start with the general manager survey that was recently published by the NBA this week. And David, you teased that you had an issue with it at the end of yesterday's podcast and specifically about where they consider Eric Spolstra among the league's best coaches. So I'm going to let you take the floor because I know you wanted to talk about it at the end of yesterday's podcast. Let's go. What what was your problem with the survey?
3: I think it's just ridiculous, to be completely honest with you. Uh, as far as the best coach in the NBA, Eric Spolstra isn't even considered among the top 10. Uh, Terry Stotts. Rick Carlisle, Quinn Snyder. I mean, Quinn Snyder's a good coach, and I know that's kind of subjective, obviously. But uh, Eric Spolster didn't get a single vote among the 30 uh, NBA GMs. And that was pretty surprising. Um, Greg Popovich, long considered the best coach in the NBA. In fact, last year he won the, the, the nomination by 82% of all the votes. This year he was second with 30%. Brad Stevens, that famed championship winning coach, has 47% of the votes to to lead uh, the vote as best coach in the NBA. So I think it's it's ridiculous. Look, the, the survey is very weird, obviously subjective. Uh, it feels like they don't really give it all that much thought. But you'd think that you could trust the decision makers of the 30 teams in this league to understand a little bit more about the nuance of what a coach does and doesn't do very well. Popovich... Again, a very good coach as far as X's and O's are concerned, a master motivator. Considered, according to this survey, the best motivator among coaches in the league, but not the best head coach. So, what was the difference? Uh, I saw somebody theorize that losing Kawhi Leonard in free and you know in a trade and losing his trust and the trust of his, his Leonard's team and personnel and and advisors. Might have been a blow to why Popovich isn't considered a good coach anymore, but this is still the same Greg Popovich who won five championships and helped turn around the Spurs and made them a dynasty and got them into the playoffs last year with LaMarcus Aldridge turning around his career without Kawhi Leonard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Eric Spoelstra, long considered a guy who can make the most out of whatever players are on this team, who went thirty-one and and ten or thirty and eleven a couple seasons ago to get us within a half game of the playoffs, and who is, according to this survey, considered. 7% 7% as the best manager motivator of people among head coaches doesn't get a vote for best coach. That's ridiculous.
2: Look at what he's working with here, people. I mean, people do that with Brad Stevens all the time. Look at, oh, you know, Kyrie Irving is injured for the season, loses Gordon Hayward in the first first game of the year, or, you know, Irving was yeah. injured for the playoffs and all this stuff. And it's just like, well, at least he had Irving for most of the season. At least he had Hayward yeah. for two minutes. I mean, those are two better players than Miami have on on its roster, and still, yeah, were they a top seed in the East? No. Did they have home court? No. Did they basically get genuinely swept by the Sixers in the first round? Yeah. But to not consider Eric Spolstra, who has won two championships as head coach, has been part of a championship-winning organization, who every time we ask people on this show about, you know, non-Heat people, non-Miami people, outside... Doris Burke got on this podcast and could not stop raving about Eric Spolstra. I mean, there is a reason why that happens. And it's just, look, there is a a belief out there that this is a general manager survey, but the GMs don't actually fill it out. It's just like the assistant who gets them the coffee that fills out whatever the most popular narrative of the summer is. So you try not to get too worked up about it. But it does sort of reflect the the lack of respect that Spoelstra has because people view those two championships during the Big Three era as like, okay, great. Like you had LeBron, you know, Ty Lue won a championship, big deal. I mean, nobody's right. talking about Ty Lue is one of the top coaches in the league. But it's like, no, they're not. No, man. Like, look at what he's done. Look at what's look at Spoelstra's resume. He's up there. Just watch any Heat game. Look at how hard they play. I mean, he has got to be, like, night in and night out. I don't know that there is a. I don't know that there's a coach that I would rather have for 82 games and the playoffs. Seeing how well and how quickly he can adjust in the postseason, which is a really underrated part of Spolster's game. He came up with Bosch at center in the conference finals. like that. Is, like, and and well, the entire team was able to change its course that way. I mean, he doesn't get enough credit. To your point, he, he got votes
3: for best manager slash motivator of people. He got votes for best in-game adjustments. He got votes for running the best defensive schemes, not the best offensive schemes, mind you. None of that was good enough to get best coach. So what else does a coach do, if not motivate people, <laughs> run a good defense, and and make in-game adjustments? What else is the coach supposed to do? What else defines a coach that warrants whether or not he should get votes for, for best overall coach? It's, it's somewhat ridiculous, and it feels like voting on superlatives for your high school yearbook or something like that. Uh, it, it's it's a little odd. I think it speaks to a larger you know way of how Spolstra and the Heat organization are viewed. And I think he started hinting at this. You know, no players got a significant amount of votes. They're not considered to have any kind of superstar talent. Although the team as a whole is viewed as the seventh best in the Eastern Conference behind Washington and uh, Indiana. Yeah, why is that?
2: It's because Eric Spolstra.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jay Rich is voted as a player likely, or he got votes anyway, as a player likely to break out, even though you could vote that he had a breakout season last year. Uh, James Johnson got votes for toughest player matching Draymond Green in, in Golden State, that. so that was interesting to see. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. got some votes as one can, of the most athletic players in the league.
2: Can I? Can I just... All right, look. Brad Stevens, I get it. Awesome coach does a great job. The Celtics have won more games every single season since he's taken uh, over as head coach. I get it. All right, sure. he's awesome. These out of timeout plays are beautiful. He single-handedly probably won uh, the the semifinal round last year because of his out of timeout plays. I get it, but can we stop calling him the next Greg Popovich? Can we stop anointing him as the next coach? Like, I I hate the rings culture of the NBA, but there is at least something to. The point that hey, until you actually win a championship, we can't really have this conversation. Just ca- just like we can't really have the conversation of like Charles Barkley or Patrick Ewing being one of the be- being the the best big man ever because they didn't win a ring. And right. like it does matter to a point. Like now when we get to the counting, I don't really care. But it matters if you're a head coach and your goal is to win a championship. I need you to do that before we start anointing you. The next dynasty coach like Greg Popovich. If anybody is the Greg Pop the, the next Greg Popovich, it's Eric Spolstra because he's been there forever. He's been he's one of the longest tenured coaches in the league. He is outside of just outside of Pop himself. Like there is more similarities between Popovich and, and Spolstra than there is Popovich and Stevens. And look, maybe this is just the Heat fan right here, sort of side-eyeing, like, hey, why is everybody looking at that the, the younger pretty girl, Brad Stevens, and not looking at, at looking at our hot stuff and Eric Spolstra? But it's just like, damn, people, this is a good coach, and we need to give him some respect, and let's stop with the love affair with Brad Stevens. Let him do something first. Let him just do something first. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm with you
3: 100%. I think uh, it's just another indicator that Heat culture, whatever that might be, has this kind of looming presence that helps define everything. Nobody stands out because it's all just, you know, everybody's just yeah. a cog in a great heat culture machine. Uh, and I think that, but look, that's not to knock Stevens, who I think is a fine coach. Exactly. You know, from everything we've heard, he works tirelessly, but so sort does of Uh I think the transition <laughs> maybe from college into the pros was what kind of stood out a little bit and the fact that he's gotten a lot of wins and more wins every season, as you pointed out. But look, let's also look at that roster. He's got a number one overall pick in Kyrie Irving. He's got a number three pick in Jalen Brown. He's got lottery picks in Hayward and Terry Rozier and others. Yeah, I mean, great roster. It, it, he's, Super yeah, It's deep a very roster. talented, loaded roster, and he's gone a lot of it. And I think that's fine. And you know,
2: most Danny of this Danny, Ainge, Danny Ainge has mo- as much to do with Boston's success as Brad Stevens does, and they've both done awesome jobs. And I don't, I don't take anything away from Brad Stevens. He's a top three coach. So is Pop and so is Spolstra. I think those are your top three coaches in the NBA, and I don't really think it's close. I think it's those three and then it's everybody else, and Quinn Snyder is getting there. But I just, I, I want Spo to get some of that same love that Brad Stevens is getting. I don't mean that as a knock on Stevens, but Spo's done more stuff than Stevens, and I just, I want him to get the love. All right, look, the ringers, Paolo Ugetti, will join us next to talk about why the Heat need to go all in to land Jimmy Butler, but first... Locked on NFL is becoming a favorite daily NFL podcast on Mondays. It's a local expert on the biggest stories from the weekend on Tuesdays. Former NFL and Miami Dolphins quarterback Sage Rosenfels joins host Matt Williamson, who will have some of the brightest voices in football on throughout the week. Great podcast, available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: We're joined now by Paolo Ughetti, who does terrific work for The Ringer. If you haven't read his pieces on NBA skills trainers and uh, Boban, that came out last month. Go ahead and check those out. Really good stuff. Uh, and, Paulo, you recently wrote about the Heat's best-case scenario and their worst-case scenario. And in the best-case scenario, you basically said, trade for Jimmy Butler. That's the best case. You might be surprised by this, but some Heat fans don't agree with you. Some don't want to trade for Butler. Some don't view it as, as a worthwhile expense, if, especially if to part with maybe a young piece, even if it's a, a, a Justice Winslow. We're not even talking about Bam or Josh Richardson or anything like that. Can you please explain to them, why the heat should go all in for Butler here?
0: You know, it's one of those things where like it's very much insulated in terms of if you're if you're a fan of a team, you become attached inevitably to those guys to those young guys. So I, I understand, you know, that viewpoint. And you know, when you think about it in the in the longer sense of down the line in the future, you're thinking, okay, these young guys can become something. But it's still a it's still a thing of like, what if they don't become that? with Jimmy you know what you're getting so just to start like that that's i think that's the starting point for me where it's you know you're getting a top probably 15 player in the league you know depending on your opinion of of Jimmy but you're getting a, a player who's already a star and yeah you can make the argument right back like what if he only stays a year well i mean i think from what we've seen of the heat the last you know since since the start of lebron era if you will um is that, you know, they traffic in, 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 in superstars. They traffic in, in being in competition all the time. And, you know, I don't think Pat Riley is going to want to tank at any point. You know, and he hasn't. And he's still trying to stay relevant. And this is, like, what they've been waiting for, I think, which is just a disgruntled superstar on another team that they can go and get. They can go and, 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 and use their assets that they do have, the few that they do have, and go all in for, for for a guy that will make your team not only relevant but good in the short term, which is kind of what I think they're looking for, because it's it's one of those things where like you don't really have on the team, you also don't really have a Ben Simmons or Jason Tatum, so there's no one guy you can say that guy that guy could lead a team. So if if that's the case, and I don't see the problem parting you know with one of those guys or or multiple even.
3: Well, I think one of the arguments against trading for Butler early on was that we thought Josh Richardson had to have been included. And of course, we've seen several reports since then indicating that the Heat refused to play, you know, to part with Jay Rich. And that's fine. Uh, You know, I think that's another question then is how much are you willing to give up? Would you trade all of that young core of Bam, Adebayo, Richardson, and Winslow for Jimmy Butler? Um, would you trade one of them? And, and you could also make from a statistical standpoint the case that maybe Jay Rich will eventually reach the same levels that Butler is at currently, whether or not that he can afford to wait that long. That's another question. Mm -hmm. But then there's also the point that, you know, acquiring Butler opens the door for uh, attracting other free agents in the future. Maybe a Kevin Durant, who they played on USA Basketball, of course, Kyrie Irving. We've heard things about that as well, although it seems like Irving's, you know, at least prone or likely to stay in Boston. Do you give a lot of weight to that possibility that Butler's addition could pave the way for them to add future superstars as well?
0: I think one thing we've learned, I think, in the past, maybe more so than ever, in the past two seasons, three seasons, feel, is that this stuff is so unpredictable. But not only is it unpredictable, like, there will be things that change, you know? And, like, even with Kyrie, so he had the comments the other day, like, oh, I want to be in Boston or why not? Like, I want to stay here. Even with that, like, you never really know what could happen over the course of the next year. So, It's getting Jimmy is, I think, a foot in the door. You know what I'm saying? A foot in the door of of the superstar world, where the Heat don't really have anybody like that right now. So getting Butler to join gives you that, I think, you know, one step up the ladder that you didn't have, if you will. And and so I do kind of buy that. You know, I I don't really know who that other star or other, um, you know, other player would be right now because, you know, next next year's class is. Quote unquote loaded, but a lot of the guys, you know, project to stay on their teams. Like, you know, we said, Kyrie, right? And, and Clay Thompson and all that. Um, and, you know, reiterating, you never know what could happen. But, it, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 um, it's very much a chain reaction to, to how these things work. And we know, we, we all know, we all keep up with that. Twitter. We all see the relationships these players have with one another and they have value, you know, and, and whether that could, transpire into an actual move by a player to come to go to miami that's obviously something we can't predict but, but but at least you have that like I said that foot in the door
2: and that that team usa connection can't be understated I mean that's really where Wade and LeBron and Chris Bosch got to know each other was from that there's, there's team usa experiences going overseas hang out on planes there was that video yeah. what was that a couple of years ago of of Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler uh singing like Spice Girls or something on the plane, I forget what the yeah. the, what the yeah. song was, but it's just like, that's a bond that lasts forever, like you, that doesn't, that doesn't go anywhere, I think that exactly right, uh, Paolo, when, when you get a Jimmy Butler, if you get a Jimmy Butler, it puts you in that room with the other all-stars, it puts you in that conversation, and as much as we want maybe a Josh Rosen or a Bam Adebayo to do that, and look, Bam was working out with guys like KD and Kyrie over the summer, but he's not... He's not Team USA. He's not in the club yet, and you kind of want a guy to get – you Got you want somebody in the club to sort of get the rest of the organization in there. Um, one name that isn't brought up, because we talk about Kevin Durant, who's, you know, at this point probably, what, 50-50, staying in Golden State. We don't really know what's going on with Kevin Durant ever. Uh, Kyrie Irving, who knows what happens with Boston, um, but it would seem like crazy to leave that organization. Um, and then we're looking at guys like – Kawhi Leonard. We don't really know what the situation with Toronto is. Um, he could be an option there, but then you have that next rung. It's a Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton, who are like really good players, but they're just like they're also that Jimmy Butler level, where it's like, yeah, they're they're you know maybe even lower, top thirty kind of guys. That doesn't necessarily get you better than Philadelphia. Doesn't get you better than Boston, especially if they keep Kyrie. One name that we don't talk about: Demarcus Cousins, also on that Team USA. He's on a one-year deal with Golden State. If he rehabs fully and he's got that playoff experience and possibly championship experience, I'm just saying if Miami moves Whiteside to get Butler, there might be a, an option at center. We, we, we saw Boogie and Anthony Davis play together in New Orleans. Maybe the, the future Miami. I don't know. Is it crazy? Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Boogie Cousins all playing together? I'm just saying. Is that crazy?
0: No, that I mean that's the thing, right? Like, what is crazy in this NBA world, right? But like, yeah, I mean that's and that and that's kind of what I was saying. You know, you never know who's going to become available. yet. Boogie does not seem necessarily long for the Warriors. So I, yeah, I mean obviously the Achilles injury is a a worry, but we'll see how he comes back from that. But uh, you know, yeah, like what what if what if Demarcus Cousins wants to play in Miami and wants to play with Jimmy Butler, and or or what if he's Pat Riley, you know, and, and and the Heat do a good job of selling him on the organization and all that and you know obviously I think I mean I'm one of the fascinating pieces here is like white side to me because what, what do you do with him right if, if the wolves don't want him in the trade or whatnot and that, that's a whole nother conversation obviously but you know yeah like that, that's the thing Jimmy Butler opens up a lot of possibilities and I think this is a once in a few years chance if you will, that that mm-hmm. you know, go we were already going into the season with the roster set. This this came practically out of nowhere. And really Miami is the team best constituted to to not only make the move but also just to, to to be able to bet on that. To take the risk if you will. You know, because you know like a team like Boston isn't gonna go, you know, give up some of its ass af- of its future assets for for Jimmy, even though he would probably make them better in the short term, right? But you know it's the thing, and I think I wrote about this in the piece. Is like it's the balance between trying to win now and trying to build for the future. And mm-hmm. I think not a lot of teams can do both, right? The Celtics, I think, probably are the team that has been able to do it, very do all well. the Sixers. You know, in a way, have, are also starting to do that. But otherwise, like it's such a hard balance that for a team like Miami, it makes more sense to try to be relevant now because you don't have a superstar in the waiting.
3: Well, I'm a little surprised you say that because you obviously haven't seen Miami's two preseason games where Hassan Whiteside's playing <laughs> clearly like an all-star. So he's, he's he's the focal point of this team yeah. moving forward, or at least over the next four preseason games. Um, yeah. As far as Butler's concerned, I guess it's kind of a two-part question, but um, do you think Miami's able to finalize this deal? Obviously, we're all kind of in the in the – you know, we're not quite clear as to how things play out. We're getting semi updates, you know, from Wojnarowski and others. But do we see? Yeah. Do, you, do you see the the trade being finalized sometime soon? And and from your perspective, also, why the hold up on Minnesota's end? Do you have any insight as to why that might be? Kind of monkeying everything up.
0: It's it's very interesting because I think that there's obviously the whole you know Glenn Taylor Tom Thibodeau thing and. But it still does not seem like there wants to trade Butler, which like I understand but at some point you're gonna to have to you know you're gonna to have to give in or do something because it, it, he's not going to stick around you know whether it's coming back to the games now this season or you know leaving next summer it's just it doesn't make sense I granted with that all being said that's that's why the wolves don't that's why it's hard for me to see the leverage that the Wolves has but because that's why I think that he have the leverage here instead of like they can be like, no, we don't want to include Josh Richardson in this trade, right? And, you know, maybe that creates just like a standoff, which is it seems like that's what's happening right now. It's just, you know, one side is saying this is what we want to give you and the other side is saying we want this. And then within the other side, there's dissent between the owner and the coach about whether to even trade Butler. You know, because it's, it's, it still seems like that's the thing. So, I, I, you yeah, know, I don't know. I think with the Wolves, obviously, it's one of those things, where, like, we, you know, we gave up Zach Levine, Apec, and Chris Dunn for Jimmy Butler. We want at least some of that return, right? I don't know what exactly that looks like. You know, it, being saddled with Whiteside's contract right after they get rid of uh, Gorgie Dang's contract, which is something they want to do. Seems like kind of working backwards almost, but I, I think it's going to, I think it has to happen within the next, I would say probably like week. And I'm going to be very curious to see whether like what, what was like the, the point of contention, if you will, or the player of contention that the one side that the heat didn't want to give up or that the wolves wanted, or, or maybe it was a pick, you know, maybe it's about protections on a pick. And it, you know, it's going to be really fascinating to see what the most can get because they're in like the worst position possible and then it's going to be fascinating to see you know what what the Heat give up in terms of like what the, who the players that they don't you know really, they, they're okay with getting rid of for somebody like Jimmy Butler.
4: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: It'll really say a lot about sort of where this, where this team is. Um, I want to read something exactly. you wrote because um, – you know, we're talking a lot about Jimmy Butler and that is obviously the best case scenario here, but there's a worst case scenario and, and you wrote, I'm gonna read it here. Miami's worst case scenario has arguably already happened. All you have to do is take a look at their payroll. End quote. Um, look, you're preaching to the choir, Paolo. I mean we've <laughs> we've known this <laughs> since twenty sixteen when since they re upped everybody, but uh it it does it sounds a little doom and gloom at first read, but really if you think about it, if the worst case scenario has already happened, they only have they can only go up from here, right? Exactly. And that, and
0: that, and that goes back to your first question, which is how do you sell, you know, the fan base, the franchise on getting rid of players they might've grown, you know, fond of you do it by telling them that the state they're in right now is not going to push them forward, you know, unless, you know, and I love Bam. I I think he's going to be, I think he he was completely underrated last season, you know, with so many good rookies um, Mm -hmm. that the class had. I, I, I loved watching him play and he was so explosive and fun and and, but, but at the, at the end of the day, the, the payroll sets back your, your outlook going forward, even if you do have a fun young player, because we know how this league works. We know you need three really good players, right? At least. So when you think about it that way and you think about the fact that you already had your worst case scenario, given, given how much you're paying some of these guys, there's no reason not to, you know, take a shot somewhere else and, and thank goodness for the heat, for the heat's sake that that shot has come, you know, out of nowhere really and and, and basically set up on a silver platter for them.
3: So you look at the Heat roster and they're filled with, you know, somewhat dour personalities. Nobody really stands out and nobody comes across as being an overly fun guy. But you had a great piece about your ride-along with Boban. I was wondering, if you look at this Heat roster, if there's one player that you felt you could go ahead and spend the time with, spend the day with, who would that be?
0: It's a good question. Uh, I I really am fascinated by Justice Winslow just because I really liked him as a draft draft prospect. I I've seen him in some interactions. You know, I I think he's done a few um, things with like the Levitard show and, and things like that. And so he seems like a more of like a chill guy. But he I think I feel like he'd be fun mm-hmm. to hang out with. Obviously Whiteside, if you follow his Snapchat stories, like <laughs> it's, it's it's a, it's a riot. He's hang- uh-huh. He was hanging out with uh-huh. DJ
2: Khaled this week. I mean right-along-with-white so side you know, good I mean, result than a white side with Khaled, yeah.
0: There, there you go. So if that's more your thing, I feel like that would be a good option. <laughs> uh, you know, I really want to learn more about Bam this season. Like, I, I don't know, you know, just just getting to know if, if he sticks around, which it seems like he should, regardless of whether the trade happens or not. Um, yeah, he seems like an interesting guy and and, and somebody that, you know, I think, it's, I think in the NBA these days we're such a – we traffic so much on highlights, and he's going to have a lot of them. So I think that's going to, you know, draw eyes and then draw people to whatever his story is too.
3: The correct answer was Udonis Hasm by the way, because he would have taken you around uh, you and, know, and yeah. You, you would have had a great time with UD. <laughs> sounds, it sounds that's like you need a, a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: last question, uh, Palo. Look, Major League Baseball, not sure how much you call it MLB. I, I don't. I actually tried to watch these wild card games. Um, this this week couldn't do it, but I understand how people are really thrilled with the idea of sort of an elimination game, right? We we kind of had that mm-hmm. with the Nuggets and the, and the Timberwolves at the end of la, of the last regular season. What, what's your thoughts on maybe the NBA do adopting something similar, sort of manufacturing what we had last year um, as just an elimination game to get the eighth seed in both conferences? Would, would would that be a cool idea? What do you think? Yeah, that's
0: a good question. I I would love it. I mean, I think anything the NBA can do to insert more energy and more stakes into the regular season in some way or another would be great. I mean, I think, I don't know, maybe this happens every, you know, five, 10 years in the NBA. I'm not, you know, super sure, but we, we've come to feel like the regular season is going through the motions a bit, especially with the Warriors now. And right. so, I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm all for that. You know, if there's a way to to, to set that up to where You know, it is, uh, you know, I worked for the ringers, so I'm contractually contractually obligated to talk about, you know, Bill's idea of the, of the tournament at the end of the year where all the (laughs) the non-playoff teams, uh, you know, get, get play for the last spot. I think something like that would be fun. Maybe not in that scale because it would be kind of hard to do, but you know, I think, yeah, you know, take like, I don't know, the, the ninth, the eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh seed and have them that all for the last spot. That would be, that would be fantastic, I think
2: be great in the Western Conference, too. I mean, the Eastern Conference would just be more yeah. of like watching the, the, the Hornets play the Pistons, which would not be that fun, but uh, Western Conference would be a lot of fun. All right, pal, anything that you want to plug before we let you go?
0: Uh, You know, I have a Lakers piece coming out next week on one particular player that I i am um, I'm, I'm personally fascinated by on this Lakers team. You know, it's going to be a lot of Lakers stuff this season, given that I'm both here and, you know, the Lakers have a So, you know, just that and then and then the season starts, so I'm ready. I'm ready to go.
2: Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Paolo. You can read him at The Ringer. Thanks for jumping on. Um, we look forward to reading your stuff all season long. Thanks for having me, guys. That's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Paolo Ugetti for jumping on the show. As always, you can reach us by sending an email to LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or on Twitter by using the hashtag AskLOHeat. And, of course, make sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever you listen to. listen. Music is courtesy of Mojave Wild. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. One last thing before you go. If you run a company and you're unhappy with your return from advertising online or in print, try something new and advertise on a podcast here at Locked on Heat. This is a great opportunity for local South Florida businesses to connect with Heat fans. More and more people are listening every day. 50% of U.S. households listen to a podcast, and one in five Americans between ages 18 and 49 listen to at least one a month. That's according to Nielsen. Thanks to the rise in mobile options from iTunes to Spotify and more to your smart speaker at home, there's more ways than ever to listen to podcasts. Now is the time to get in. Be ahead of your competition and start advertising on a podcast with us. Our rates are reasonable and based on the number of listens, so you get what you pay for, with numbers to back it up. Whereas print, TV, and radio ads are a shot in the dark, you have no idea who is reading, watching, or listening. That's not the case with podcasts. If you want to reach engaged, passionate, and knowledgeable South Floridians, this is the way to do it. For more information on Next Steps, email us at lockedonheat@gmail.com, at gmail.com, and we could be talking about your company on the next episode.
4: A hey, Prime Members!